Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strength Syndicate podcast with myself, Shane Story, and my co-host, Lawrence King. Today, we have two very special guests. So today in the podcast, we have Anna Hurrahan and we have Jane Jones. So the two girls are Irish international powerlifters, and they're also both registered dietitians and are part of the ABS nutrition team. So they are going to be discussing uh, weight cuts with us today and how to wake up for powerlifting competitions. But before we get into that, I'll get the girls to introduce themselves first. So Anna, if you want to take it away. Um, hi, I'm Anna. Um, so as Shane said, I do some powerlifting um, and compete internationally. I've been lifting around seven years now at this stage. So part of abs furniture now. Um, and then I suppose my background is I did an uh, undergrad in sports science and health and then did a master's in dietetics. So now I'm working as a registered dietitian in a hospital and also working um, with Abs Nutrition with Jane and Jen Harrington. Jane? Very good. Um, hi, my name's Jane. <laughs> um, Second time on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this is round two. Um, I think I'm going to be a bit more informed about what I'm talking about today, not to <laughs> complete speculation. Um, I'm also a powerlifter. Um, I've only been lifting for two years this month, nice. my anniversary. Um, and I represented um, Ireland for the first time this year, competed internationally. Um, I'm also a registered dietitian. I did my undergraduate in dietetics in DIT in Trinity. And I've been working as a registered dietitian for the past year. I was in an acute hospital setting, but I'm now working as a community dietitian in mental health. Um, and I also work with Anna doing the abs nutrition coaching. And at the moment I'm doing a diploma in performance nutrition uh, with the IOPN as well. Sweet. I'd say you have been pretty run off your feet the last since August, really, since uh, competition started up again, with the amount of people you're trialing for weight, weight cuts and everything like that, and doing them yourselves as well. Yeah. Um, so I suppose to kind of let some listeners know, because there'll probably be some people like listen to the podcast who won't really understand what a weight cut is. So like, could you, what have you first describe or would define what a weight cut is and maybe why you would do it? Okay, so a weight cut, that's kind of like a very broad term. Um, and essentially in powerlifting, you are trying to either make a specific weight category to be able to compete, or in some federations, you might be trying to compete at a lighter body weight to have a more um, advantageous formula score, so dot score. Um, so there's kind of a few parts of a weight cut, so it's a very broad term. So it can entail like chronic weight loss. So that can be like dieting for a period of time um, to be in a calorie deficit and lose like body mass as hopefully primarily fat, but also um, a little bit as muscle. Um, and that would bring your weight down. That's kind of everyone's understanding really of like what weight loss is. Um, and then a weight cut can also include, or it might just be exclusively um, an acute, weight cut or I prefer to say weight manipulation um, because what we're actually doing is um, manipulating certain factors of your diet and your fluid intake to or you know other things like sweating and heat to make your scale weight lighter so you weigh in lighter on the scales but you haven't physically lost any body fat or muscle we've just manipulated it so that you weigh in lighter on the scale and um, so some people might do a combination of both um, if they're very far off their weight category they might um, diet for a couple of weeks first to get themselves in a certain um, range of their weight category and then the week usually before competition is where you implement those acute weight um, manipulation some people who sit right above their weight category might just do weight manipulation. Um, some people don't like to do weight manipulation. So like water loading and water cutting, and they might, might actually just diet down um, into their weight class. Um, so I suppose for like the purpose of 
weight manipulation that's kind of sitting no more than like five percent um over your weight category for a two hour weigh-in and then it can kind of be pushed up to eight to ten percent above the weight you want to be for a 24 hour weigh-in um, and I suppose Jane already touched upon it, but I suppose the main reason people would do that is to be competitive. Um, so say if someone was trying to achieve records for a certain weight category, or if it meant that they had a competitive advantage against a, a competitor that they knew they might be fairly close to. So in powerlifting, the, the load that is lifted, as you know, wins the overall placing. Jane, and Jane actually won a competition recently like this, but because Jane and her competitor lifted the same amount of weight and Jane was lighter, she won overall. So some people will have cut weight for that as well. And then if it means they can internationally go and place a medal, they'll do that. Like there are other reasons why someone might cut weight. Yeah, and then I think, so for like two hour wins, you're looking at like making a specific weight category. Yeah, and yeah. Like what Anna means there by me being more competitive is kind of tying back to what I said about that 5%. So let's just say, for example, the weight class, I compete in 63. The top lifters, like on the elite level, would be walking around at like 65, 66 kilos. Yeah. And that allows them to physically carry more muscle mass. Yeah. And then you can manipulate your weight to weigh in under the weight category for that like moment in time that you have to step on the scales. But you're going to have an advantage over someone who only weighs 62 kilos yeah, yeah. Um, because you can carry more muscle mass and obviously in a sport where you want to lift the most weight carry more muscle mass is an advantage um, and then I suppose again looking at like the other federations like ab series um, it's, it's not a federation ugh, it's not a federation other other uh, areas of competing <laughs> where you have a 24 hour weigh in or what I meant by ab series it's not weight yeah. categories yeah it's divisions based on scores and you might want to reach a certain weight that you know you can hit a certain formula yes. score at to either like win or be promoted up a weight category so you might know that if you hit lift this total at this body weight you get 400 dots and um, so that's that's what the competitive um advantage of weight cutting is belly very comprehensive um and a lot of good <laughs> stuff that you, that you touched on there um i suppose the first thing that you distinguish was like the difference between I suppose weight loss and then like the weight manipulation which is a pretty important one because like outside of powerlifting maybe in the general population you would have people confusing the two of them some of the time so I suppose when you're uh, doing your weight manipulation as well as one of the things you will be manipulating will be likes of carbohydrates to see yeah. your reduction in body weight whereas you could see people do that like on a short stint like remove all the carbs from their diet and then think that that is weight loss but it's really yeah. just there's a muscle glycogen yeah. um, and then as well with the experience level like who like a weight cut would be right for mm -hmm. like again like would you say the people who you mainly recommend the weight loss approach to would be more kind of entry-level lifters and then maybe weight manip manipulation more for the competitive more advanced lifters yeah and i think like the thing with with the weight manipulation is like you know it yourself the more you do it the more refined it becomes mm -hmm. and the more you understand what you respond to better so some people respond better to water loads some people don't respond well to a low fiber diet in general we say that beginners shouldn't really be focusing on weight yeah. cutting I suppose it's different looking at the point of view if you're starting off in the gym and you want to just like lose weight in general to feel a bit healthier but certainly for a first competition you should just be picking like a weight category that you naturally fit into because it's just another thing to have to worry about for your very first competition um and as anna touched on the the pros have to outweigh the cons can you are you going to win your weight class is that what you're trying to do do you have a chance of doing that do you have a chance to make a qualifying total for a national team and that's kind of when it gets into the the more experience is like like what what's the purpose of the weight cut mm. you should never be just doing weight cut because you're like oh I think I could like lift in that weight category because you're there are cons to weight cuts and yeah. um, 
especially if you're doing, as I said, the dieting point of view, like as much as we want to just lose body fat, if we're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose a certain percentage of it as, as muscle mass. Um, you can avoid it to a certain extent, but there will be a small percentage. And then obviously with the acute uh, weight manipulation, you know, things can go wrong. It's a very, it's something that you have to, to get right. And beginners are probably more likely to do it without guidance and definitely don't I don't think you should be doing acute uh, weight cutting methods without guidance yeah yeah so it's definitely I don't think it's it's something that beginners should be looking into there should be a purpose as to why you're trying to make a specific weight category or a specific weight yeah the way I break it down usually is like chronic weight cutting or weight loss or for those with higher body fat and just want to recomp their body uh, composition and then the acute as Jane said is for that more competitive advantage um with the guidance of you know a nutritionist or a dietitian or something like that so yeah definitely for experienced lifters now you do get people who are beginners and actually get quite competitive quite early on you know like yeah. Jane for example went international quite early on where you have lifters or um who's fairly new to abs and is just super competitive so for her to cut as a beginner might make more sense compared to someone who's just learning technique or squatting for the first time, do you know? So yeah, I suppose you have to look at the pros and cons and what you're achieving. But generally the, the chronic is for weight loss, body fat loss, um, and then acute is for the more advantage, advantage for competitive reasons, yeah. Very good, very good points there. Yeah. You about to say something, Lawrence? I was. Um... So if you guys were to kind of give rough, very broad guidelines mm. um, in terms of maybe starting with, uh, I suppose, maybe the chronic weight loss, I suppose, maybe for someone that's a beginner, maybe approaching their first meet, what kind of guidelines or at least kind of um, advice maybe would you kind of, or where would you start someone on that? Um, I suppose you're trying to look at what they're trying to achieve. So what body fat are they are we doing are they just looking to lean up a little bit so i suppose you'd look at their overall calorie intake and um, maybe meal pattern protein intake and you know do a small maybe deficit of three to five hundred kcal look at their protein at least get them at minimum 1.2 grams per kg and um, if they're hitting that maybe slightly higher protein as well up to around 2.4 grams per kg no higher really um, and just go that way and slowly reduce their calories over time um, while engaging in their strength exercise yeah I, I think as well like if you're like maybe totally brand new yeah start tracking your intake because it's very hard for you to make adjustments to your diet if you don't know what your baseline, baseline is yeah. um, like some new people coming into the gym um sorry there's a bit of a power outage here but we seem to be all right um some newer people coming into the gym mightn't have a clue how much grams of protein yeah. that they're eating in the day so I would say is you know start tracking your meals get an idea of where you're at as Anna said aim for that higher protein um kind of what I mentioned earlier when we're in a calorie deficit we want the majority of weight loss to be as uh, fat um, and many studies have shown that consuming a high protein diet when you're in a calorie deficit um, helps to preserve muscle mass so I would say track your food high protein diet you know make sure that you're having your three meals a day and fueling your training right I think what a lot of people get wrong when they're dieting mm. is totally stripping back calories and they just don't feel good um in the gym make sure that you're having you know a solid meal with carbohydrates before your training and after your training so that you can feel because there's really no point in you know cutting calories out of your diet and then your performance goes down in the gym you're just you're just not going to have you're not going to have a good competition mm. um so it's really just the, the basics another basic is you know look look how much are you eating out you know yeah. and alcohol intake all majorly contribute uh calories to the diet and mm-hmm. um, so they those would be the main things i think uh tracking protein and try to reduce how much you're relying on food out and yeah. things like that Just general diet quality like, yeah 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 i think uh definitely with like trying to eat as many calories as you can while losing weight is like a good thing to do if you're like yeah. to improve sport performance like 
as yeah. you said there is so many people who when they think of weight loss they think of all right now all the carbs go from my plate and all the all the like bad food goes yeah. as well and then that's just a recipe for disaster because adherence lasts for like one or two weeks and yeah, yeah. square one you know it didn't yeah. work dieting didn't work for me so mm-hmm. yeah definitely I 100% agree like you should try your hand at tracking and yeah. if you can't do it yourself 100% get somebody to help you to do it because yeah. like like it does work you know um, yeah and the good thing about tracking is uh, sorry the good thing about tracking is it, it versus like meal plans and things like that I think if you start tracking like your calories you actually learn about your nutrition you learn oh low fat Greek yogurt is high in protein and mm. rice is high in carbohydrates and avocados are high in fat and you you start to learn about what foods contribute what to your diet and it gives you a better understanding and as you said there like so many people make the mistake of cutting out carbs cutting out treat foods when like all of those foods can take up a part of our diet and that's why like as I said like setting macro targets and calorie targets can be good because it shows that you can still fit those foods into your diet but yeah as you said if you really don't have a clue kind of reach out for for guidance from others yeah, yeah. but like I do think tracking isn't for everyone like I yeah. do tracking that's but, totally yeah and it, in that scenario you can look at someone's meal compositions and structure yeah and give advice based on that then as well yeah. you know some people just aren't tech savvy or just don't like yeah. the numbers of tracking so there's ways around that as well it's about kind of like establishing the diet pattern because obviously mm-hmm. if you are able to do that for general weight loss then if you're ever thinking about doing diet manipulation like for exactly. but yeah. it makes it so much easier because you're not reintroducing like new foods in that kind of period um so do you want to touch a little bit on that side of things so like the week of the week before the competition so like the acute weight cut is it yeah or- yeah we can start getting into like what what are you manipulating so if obviously if during weight loss you're just looking to manipulate the calorie deficit mm-hmm. and establish that like you know re- reduce your calories through carbs and fats high protein like how are you achieving the actual acute weight manipulation without actually losing body fat do you want me to talk about water and you can talk about fiber and food density so a major thing that people um would do is quite common practice in um powerlifting would be water loading it's it's called a water cut i don't think that's the best description for it because it's not just a water cut it's a water load followed by water cut and then also manipulating your salt with that um so essentially it's uh, increasing your uh, fluid intake drastically over a certain period of days um and what this does is it manipulates certain hormones in your body um so it down regulates um aldosterone and antidiuretic hormone um and they're involved with urinating um you know peeing so um when antidiuretic hormone is high it has a water resorption and it tells your body not to pee um so if you down down regulate those you're going to be peeing a lot um because you're drinking a lot of water and then we would say to increase your salt with this period as well so you do you'd load your salt up as well and that kind of further helps to manipulate that hormone cycle. Um, and then what happens is a day or two out, you will drastically drop your water intake. Um, so it might be back to a liter or two liters, less than what your usual water intake is. Um, and there's kind of a gap between when you drop your water intake and those hormones upregulating again. So what happens is you will continue to excrete water at a higher rate um, similar to how you were when you're drinking lots of water but you're not putting as much in anymore so you essentially dehydrate yourself um, and that will help to drop your weight because you're dehydrating you're losing uh, water weight um, but it's it's kind of it's very easy it's very manageable it's just drinking more water adding more salt and then cutting down the water and salt again um, but what's really important in that, and I suppose we'll probably get into that later, is making sure you get the, the water and the salt back in again afterwards, because obviously dehydration has profound effects on performance. 
Yeah, so that would be one of the strategies. Another thing that we might look at is um, manipulating your fiber. So likewise, in the first kind of three days of your week out for a comp, you'll in, well increase your fiber, maintain it around 30 grams. If you need to increase a little bit more, you will. So the reason behind that is just to kind of slow down your gut, um, give me the word for it, I can't remember. Motility. Motility, that was it. Um, so then your gut motility. And then um, three days or four days out, you might reduce, slowly start reducing your fiber. So we might have you around 10 grams of fiber. Um, and when you have high fiber, you have increased basically food weight in your gut. And then by reducing that, you're essentially just trying to reduce the weight in your gut. Um, we don't see massive changes in your body weight, but it can help with you know your last few grams to make your body weight um also with fiber you can hold hold water and um, so by reducing your fiber again you're kind of helping that excretion of the water that jane spoke about so it's just working together with the the gut weight and then also with the fluid um excretion as well yeah i think as well what you're saying there i think the how well the fiber and food weight works for you depends on what your baseline diet yeah. is like like if you're someone who's eaten a lot of like whole grains and you eat a lot of like fruits and vegetables if you like cut those down um, and what's important to make a point there is you don't change the calorie the energy intake of your diet you're just changing the foods that provide those calories and yeah. um, you're probably going to see much of a bigger difference compared to someone who already eats like a low enough fiber diet or kind of like an energy dense diet and yeah. um, which we would see with maybe like you know guys would technically like tend to eat like a lot of like energy dense food because they have higher calorie requirements mm. so it's really important i said what your baseline diet people who eat high fiber diets and do that like some people can lose up to like 0.6 to 0.8 of a kg mm. but again it depends on what you're what you're starting off with yeah it kind of ties in as well in the weekend as well you might start reducing your carbohydrate intake but still trying to keep that calorie range some people will have a calorie deficit but we tend to try keep the calories as high as possible so you can keep your energy. Um, so what you might find is the fat throughout the week starts to slowly increase while the carbs start coming down. Um, so you're basically just depleting your glycogen and also trying to reduce that water again. So there's around um, three grams or milligrams um, of water held with a gram of glycogen. So again, you're just trying to manipulate everything to get the last of your body weight down in those acute phase. And what you'll find as well is higher fat food. Again, it's higher calorie density. So if when you like, let's just say you're you're on two thousand calories, and you drop your carbs and you increase your your fat to be at the same calories, you're actually you're going to be physically eating less food because fat is the most calorie dense uh, macronutrient. It's nine calories per gram versus carbohydrate, which has four calories per gram. So again, you're dropping your food weight uh, further. So you're decreasing the carbs, which decreases the glycogen. Water goes with that. And like bearing in mind your glycogen store, stores, like you can have like 500 grams of glycogen in your muscle stores. Um, and then you're going to have the water go with that. Um, and then, as I said, you're further reducing the food density by having the, the higher fat in it as well. Yeah. Okay. All good stuff there. Um, <laughs> so so kind of we're hearing uh water kind of very easily kind of done what would be your kind of go-to uh for people what's the strategy you see is most shown most efficacy with the people you work with i like a combination i feel you can elicit yeah. more from a combination i don't like to be too drastic with one personally because then you're you're playing catch up then within that two hour way and we mostly work with two hour way and obviously with a 24 hour way and you can you have more time to replenish but mm -hmm. by using a combination you're not being as kind of severe with any one of them and then you can kind of replenish a little bit easier while still getting the results and um, and then I suppose it's personal preference for the person yeah. as well like some people might find oh I just I can't function on a low carb so we might focus maybe more on the water load aspect then um the hierarchy too yeah I suppose depending on how much weight you have to lose and um, so we have a very lovely spreadsheet uh where we type in what you need to weigh and how much weight you have to lose 
and it will generate like what strategies we actually need to use. So for example, like someone who's sitting like right above their weight category, again, I'm going to use 63s, so maybe you're 62 or 63.3 or something. You probably just need to manipulate your diet. You probably just need to lower your fiber, lower your food density, cut food off a little bit early and you'll, you'll weigh in lighter mm. versus if you're 64, 64 and a half, you're probably gonna have to do a water like a load on top mm. of that. Um, so the, the greater weight you have to lose, the more aggressive you have to go um, with the manipulation. I suppose we didn't get into as well, you know, uh, I talked about dehydration via water cuts. We didn't really talk about how you can do dehydration via sweating methods. Mm. It's not really something that myself and Anna um, do. I suppose we recommend. would kind of look at those more like aggressive things if you haven't if it's the morning of and you mm -hmm. haven't made weight and you're like 200 grams over you might need to sit in the car with your hoodie and the heating on while you drive to the competition to try and lose that couple hundred grams the the thing with sweating and heat is obviously as I touched on there dehydration affects your performance but heat um exposure on top of that fatigues your central nervous system um so if you've got dehydration and heat fatigue, it's a little bit harder to, to bounce back on. Um, I feel like sweating and those heat-induced methods are used a lot more in 24-hour weigh-ins than they are in two-hour weigh-ins because, again, you have, you have 24 hours to put it all back in. Um, another one, <laughs> we're just getting to spitting. I, I, I was only <laughs> talking, talking to a client about that during the week and she generally couldn't believe like, that was an actual thing. Is like, yeah. <laughs> they're like sorry what you you would put so what spitting is you would put either sour jelly yeah. or chewing gum or yeah. something that makes you salivate into your mouth and spit into a cup um it's actually it's efficient in the way that you can see like oh i've spit out 100 grams <laughs> um but yeah. i i'd only be recommending that if you are like yeah 100 grams over yeah because it's not very nice um or things like running around in bin bags and things like that you know we want to try minimize <laughs> minimize as much of that as possible you want to do the manipulation the whole week of and ideally you wake up in the morning you've already made weight and you start eating and drinking before yeah. you weigh in <laughs> yeah. yeah i suppose what i'm hearing so is don't get too far away from your target yeah, we, really yeah. is you need to be realistic yeah, yeah. like yeah. you need to be realistic and you need to be realistic about timelines um yeah as well like because if you do if you are you know a couple of like a good few kilos over you're gonna have to do that chronic diet first yeah um as i said for two hour weigh-in we say like five percent so just to put that again into context i'm going to use my own weight category um that's 66.15 kilos for a 63 kilo category is the most you want to be try cutting acutely for a two hour weigh-in as i said that can kind of go up to eight to ten percent for the 24 hour because you have the longer period to put it back in but if you're let's just say you're 70 kilos and you want to be a 63 you're going to have to diet for a couple of weeks first and then you're going to have to do your acute um, methods because otherwise if you try to lose it all with dehydration spitting food you're going to feel like crap and you're you're, you're not going to be able yeah. to lift the weight you know your competitive advantage is gone exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you do have people like messaging us two weeks before, be like, oh, five kilos above your weight class. And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. So how much of this is kind of, I won't say dependent, but how much would body composition kind of contribute to someone's ability to yeah, definitely weight loss? I'm place. assuming for someone that would be very lean. And mm. if they're, you're looking at them and they're maybe like, two or three kilos versus someone that's carrying a bit more body fat the person yeah. carrying a bit more body fat would obviously be in a little bit more advantageous of a position absolutely um, yeah. I'm maybe. The, like i suppose if you're looking at the the greater picture of that someone who's very lean and they're trying to cut to a weight category below them you have the capacity to to, to go up a weight category yeah, you know yeah. and you're probably actually 
restricting your progress so that's where the point where it's if you're like extremely lean and you're trying to cut like two or three kilos to get to a weight class below you you would actually probably be more competitive if you went up a weight category because if you gain weight you're going to be able to lift more weight hopefully but you have to when you're considering whether you're going to do a weight cut or not you have to consider things like how how stressful is going through that weight cut for you are you always in a situation where it's 10 weeks out from comp you're six or seven kilos over you have to diet you have to do extreme like water cutting weight cutting and you just don't enjoy it um and it's just extremely difficult for you if it's getting to a point where it's very very difficult for you to make weight you need to consider um whether it's worthwhile going up your weight category or not yeah no that to me that makes a a lot of sense because i suppose we've all kind of anecdotally heard of people that would be quite lean yeah uh, and they're kind of turning around to you telling you they're doing a water cut or a water load and uh, a thousand calorie deficit the week before the comp and things don't yeah. go their way then you see yeah. them at weigh-ins and they're like the walking dead yeah <laughs> i yeah. would never forget i don't know if you're at nationals Maeve Mursa. I think it was 2018. She is so lean and she cut down to 52 kilos and she looked so malnourished. I don't know how she performed that day. It was incredible. But like, yeah, she was just, it was magic how she even lifted a weight that day. <laughs> like, it was insane. Yeah, I suppose then, go on, Shane. What, you go. You go. Uh, the next thing I suppose I'm curious about, so let's say i walk around at oh, i'm just going to pick myself let's say i walk around at about 115 120 kilos and i water cut down to 110 mm-hmm. i weigh in i have a two-hour weigh in what do i do from there do i just start banging in water banging in salt and hope to jesus that i can <laughs> hold hold things together until I hit my openers or what do I do and uh, can we say the next scenario as well be if you were doing 24 hour weigh-in let's yeah. start with two and yeah yeah so Sarah two yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah good question <laughs> um, I suppose yeah I suppose the main focus at that stage was to rehydrate yourself um, because obviously being in a state of dehydration you are as Jane said, stress in your not only not only just your like muscle contraction stuff, but also your CNS, so your perceived exertion. Um, so yeah, banging in the water probably isn't the best strategy, but I suppose you do want to replenish the water loss that you've experienced. So generally what we would say is for every kilo lost, you'd replenish by 1.5. And um, but also you need to replenish the sodium and electrolytes. And electrolytes, yeah. yeah. Um, sodium being probably the most important one there. As Jane said, you know, in regards to your hormone cycle and everything, it's just about retaining that water. So there's no point just drinking loads of water and then you're just going to pee it all out. So you do need to retain it. Um, so percentage of sodium is usually around five to seven milligrams per kg. Um, so around 8% of the fluid that you're having. Um, so yeah, that would be the main thing. It's important not to have it too fast as well because yeah. you will just probably vomit or else it will just, again, just fly through you as well. So it is important that you do it over the space of that two hour before competition. Um, anything else to add? Yeah, I suppose um, just kind of, I suppose, caution, which is going in with water. You're dehydrated. If you just go in with water, you're actually at risk of being hyponatremic, uh, yeah. which is like dangerous <laughs> for your sodium, brain yeah. so like when people come into hospital and they put them on a drip they put them on um nacl which is sodium so it's a saline solution so you want to be looking at things like diorolite and um, you can get electrolyte tablets salt tablets like the oral rehydration solution uh sports drinks like luxage powerade um those sort of things i would say diorolite is probably better because that's it's more kind of medical. It's actually designed for dehydrated yeah. people. It's designed to rehydrate. Um, and again, what Anna said, pace yourself. I drank um, two liters of water with two packs of diorolite and I almost puked my guts up. I did not feel good. It actually happened, Amanda Lawrence at Worlds. Um, she, I think she said she's just like a liter of orange juice with salt in it. And she drank it really quickly and she like 
vomited everywhere and that she couldn't keep anything down whatsoever. Um, so your main thing is your fluid and mm. trying to get yourself as close as the weight that you were before you cut out the water um, and then getting food into you as well. Um, you want to kind of go with food that is well tolerated, that you're used to. Don't be trying anything fancy or new on comp day. Like if you always go in for your squats and you have a bowl of porridge, bring your porridge with your protein powder, put a banana in it for a bit of sodium or sorry, potassium, and then maybe put a little bit of extra salt on it as well because you're dehydrated. Um, try to get a meal in after you weigh in um, and then your, your, your fluid then in the two hours before you weigh yeah. in. Um, is there any kind of a bad experiences you've had on tour or weigh-ins or good experiences, things you've kind of done our ways? Well, well. <laughs> Anna's got more than I have. <laughs> I don't know why, but Jay seems to have this effect on me that if he tells me to do something, you're like, okay, I'll do it. So anyway, Ab Series 7, I was like, I'm not going to cut weight. I'm just going to go in strong, be grand. So I weighed in at 53 kilos the day before, which was a 24-hour weigh-in. And he's like, you are heavy. Cut down 52 and come back in not fat and I was like okay grand so anyway I don't know how but I like somehow lost most of the kilo I had to spit in the car had like a plastic bag on me yeah it was horrendous um so anyway I, come I back think the I remember day. this yeah I looked like I looked I, horrendous you looked dead. like yeah you actually looked like you were at that store I actually yeah, remember yeah. this yeah coffin was ready for me and um so yeah it was just absolutely horrendous and I don't recommend at all I probably had around six spoons of Nutella only had liquid meals like try trying to get down the waist so yeah I don't recommend don't do that 24 hours decide to do a full acute cut 24 yeah, hours I think it's yeah. also for anybody just listening to this as well you are a micro human uh <laughs> just, just for people to Anna is fun you, you, you walk, <laughs> I think yeah. you, you walk around at like 54 kilos did you yeah, say yeah, yeah yeah so I think like as an amount of body weight to lose like a kilo when you barely have that kilo to lose is yeah it wasn't a good idea yeah yeah <laughs> that's actually a really good point as well is that like uh, i suppose a kilo has much more of an effect on someone smaller, like yeah. anna versus like lawrence yourself dropping a kilo it's a much like lower percentage of your body weight mm. um so i think you need to take that into account for lighter lifters like the yeah 47s 52s 57s yeah um, 63s 63s yeah um, <laughs> um the effect it'll actually yeah um definitely have on someone yeah yeah, yeah. I suppose or like you'll have people as well like um I remember Shannon telling me before like using lac laxatives as well to lose Jesus the weight Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah not pleasant so yeah. I think not, no absolutely not and you're further dehydrating yourself as a result it'll, as well it'll dehydrate you you lose a load of electrolytes and you'll also feel like crap because you're going to be going to the bathroom for the whole day or um, night as well or night yeah and you don't like it is an effective way i suppose to but it, it's not good it, no. you're not you're not going to feel good and you're just not going to have good performance because you're going to have to be um, and generally what you'll find is. is when you start eating post weigh-in as well that laxative effect is still there so yeah. you're running I was about to say you're just yeah. praying to fucking Jesus that those laxatives have worn off they do you take a few hours to kick in and yeah. I don't think people think that laxatives are like um like suppositories or enemas which pretty much make you go like straight away but laxatives have a slow effect like most like me and Anna have worked in hospitals most elderly people take a little move call before they go to bed it helps their bowels move in the morning time so if you're taking your panic and taking laxatives the night before um it might still be kicking into you after your wins yeah um, and you're just going to be losing 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 yeah so yeah would not recommend lifts. yeah okay that's a that's a no to the uh shit in the bed okay yeah. right yeah. <laughs> um so list. <laughs> yeah uh 24 hour weigh in so we're kind of you did say the relative percentage of the amount of body weight someone's going to lose is going to increase slightly so you're giving your threshold kind of at five percent and jane was saying that could bump anywhere from up to eight to ten percent obviously dependent on the person's body composition and yeah. how much they're just willing to 
suffer, I suppose, to get down and yeah. Yeah. the potential benefit is there. But so let's say I have done an absolute mother and father of a weight cut. I've gotten down to 100 kilos, uh, very dehydrated, uh, very low fiber intake. Where do I start? So at 24 hours post weight or just immediately post weight. I, it's the same to start yeah it really is the, the same to start is getting your fluid back in um again pace yourself um because you're if you've cut that much weight you probably feel horrible yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scale, you feel um pretty rotten so it's just it's just getting that rehydration the same that we talked about the the two hour weigh in and I suppose then with the the 24 hour way and what you're actually looking is like later on that you can like like have her like a, have like a really calorie dense meal you know mm. um and just be kind of snacking on foods yeah uh, don't overdo it like I, i've heard of people who've done 24 hour ways and then they've absolutely pretty much had a binge um afterwards and you're just <laughs> you're just not going to feel good the next day so do pace yourself um but get that fluid back in I just want to touch on that. I've seen a lot in America. People are getting drips. Um, oh, IV drips. Well, I, IV I think drips. It's, it's, well, it's, it's not, not approved by WADA. It's, so. it's not approved by WADA. So you can, you can only do an untested federation. Mm. I would say it's probably unnecessary. If anything, a drip would be more benefit if you had to rehydrate quickly. So it would probably mm. actually be more beneficial for someone who's a, a two-hour away. And um, I don't really think it's that necessary so i would say just stick with your your electrolytes um and your water to get that that fluid back yeah. into you after we're saying the same kind of uh sodium kind of guy yeah, yeah absolutely. and then like having meals throughout the day regularly and then carbohydrate yeah. adding a little bit of extra salt if needed as well so, yeah yeah salt up your meals yeah <laughs> yeah i love this salt and vinegar crisps That's yeah go to crisps are a nice one after weighing they yeah. are yeah pringles okay noted um so then kind of uh i don't know shane was it kind of meat day food meat day nutrition oh, yes. meat yeah day. what what do you what to eat on on meat day so you maybe start with like yeah obviously before the meat well, i suppose with two hour weigh in it's gonna mm-hmm. be you're already gonna have a bit of that covered um but like what would you eat typically during the meat like can i start off by saying if you wake up under your weight category eat before you go to weigh in yeah. have something if you wake up um and you're like me and you're like three kilos under your weight category um have breakfast start eating and drinking as soon as you can mm-hmm. um i think this is an important point to make and i think it's a mistake that a lot of people um make is if that they're a good bit under they don't start refueling themselves and that's a, again i think that's particularly important for a two-hour weigh in where actually the most important thing is just you weighing in under your weight category versus if you're doing a 24-hour weigh-in for dots you probably actually just want to be as light as you possibly can be um you 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 need to be under your weight category that that's kind of it at the end of the day so if you wake up and you're under um have a light breakfast something like you know you have like scrambled eggs um and like a piece of toast or you could weigh out cereal um, and then what we usually say to do is like you can sip on fluids um, and you should reweigh yourself um, and something that a lot of people do. Um, and I know I've done it as well is like you eat little things like do you know, like cereal bars or like yeah. squares bars. You can actually physically step on the scale with that and see how much you're going to weigh, how much addition that's going to have to your body weight. So I'd say eat, check your weight, see you can have see if you can have a little bit more check your weight um then you weigh in you do your water um and as i said there then you need to have a meal um again something that you're usually usually have it could be oats it could be a bagel something carby um you can't have your protein it's probably not the most important thing on the day but you're you're used to having it um and your your salt um, and then do you want to talk about like as you're getting into warm-ups and stuff yeah so another thing you might consider is caffeine um so yeah. usually it's like peak onset would be you know, minutes and um, so it can range to 30 to 120 minutes so I usually tell people you know once they start warming up 30 minutes before they're going to hit the platform have whatever caffeine in whatever solution they're going to have some people take caffeine tablets 
or just uh, Americano, whatever. So have your caffeine or Monster Can, whatever. Um, and then I do tell people to like eat throughout the competition. But I suppose you should have had the majority of your, your meal at that post weigh-in and then just having things like bananas, maybe a, a wee sandwich or something in between squatting bench, um, chocolate milk, something like that. Something that you know you'll be able to digest, nothing too different than what you'd normally have. So I suppose the main fuel source at this stage is just getting your carbohydrates in. So something that's simple, easy to digest and going to you know act quickly. Um, I often recommend as well the glucose tablets as well because they're very fast acting and just have something like that throughout your throughout your competition. It's you know competitions usually only last two to three hours, so you know you don't need to be having three big meals at that stage. So just stuff that you know you'll um, be easy easily have. So yeah. and a lot of people I know I made the mistake before. I think it was when we did our uh, uni's uh, Corona Cup. I ate so much food. Mm. I thought the more food the better I was like donut like sandwich and again you will end up going to the toilet yeah a lot because yeah. you're taking a lot of caffeine as well and that does help with your gut motility and you've rehydrated yourself so yeah. more is not better um I'd say like some people make that mistake you're probably going to be quite nervous as well and that can affect your appetite and your um, gut motility and your gut motility <laughs> um so like what we said there meal post weigh-in um have something have your caffeine have like a glucose tablet a banana energy gels jellies as you're warming up and um, in between squat and bench we say then to try have as a they're like a sandwich because it's usually like well tolerated yeah, yeah. Um, and that's important to have that to keep you going all the way through your deadlifts because if you if you kind of miss out on that there you can crash as you're getting into deadlifts um, and I would say as well I am personally a fan of splitting the caffeine between yeah caffeine pre-squats and then taking another little bit of caffeine uh, yeah. pre your deadlifts as well and again keeping going with like the jellies bananas yeah. Yeah. energy gels you want high carbs mm -hmm. easy easy to digest so nothing really high in fiber nothing too high in fat um because fat slows the release of food from from the stomach and obviously you want it to get into your bloodstream quickly um sipping on fluids i personally like to to sip on like a lucasage because yeah, yeah, again yeah. you're getting sugar you're getting electrolytes in um just kind of little bits um yeah to keep you going and i do think as well the meal is important as jane said because i think some people think oh comp day it's just about jellies just about monster sugar. but you will crash so it is really important that you have that steady kind of um like, slow release you yeah want, so you want to get your slow release in at the start and before bench so that's ticking away in the background and then you're topping that up with your little kind of quick release high sugar stuff yeah mm, i find um before any meat i'm kind of trying to i don't know about i don't know about you but i can't eat like i yeah you lose your appetite eat, yeah. so i'm kind of force myself to eat something quite Absolutely. substantial maybe yeah. an hour and a half two hours out mm -hmm. and then i'll kind of what did i have last time i think i genuinely think i went through eight squares bars throughout the yeah. whole like between starting form up for squat and by the time I was feeling yeah genuinely like yeah started just banging them even between lifts yeah they're and great I had um Jesus what was it it was like apple lime and strawberry juice so I think I was drinking two liters of that I do and, like uh, the juice I, I'm a big fan of the the juice as personally well, I don't like juice but yeah it, it gets, is a great it gets, option it gets calories yeah. and fluid yeah. into yeah. you yeah. yeah um I I survived on junior nationals there I had a I was able to stomach like a sandwich and crisps after weighing, but I solidly survived on like two and a half litres of Lucasade Sport and a bag of Skittles. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, I did, I did have something. Terrible, I had something yeah. before the bench, but like sometimes you just have to go with what you're going to be able to tolerate. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't force, don't force feed yourself. No, don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do find as well, just from personal experience, I don't know if there's any evidence behind it, but, you know, try not to have dry foods because if you've water cut, you might still find that there's a bit of dry mouth. So it can be quite difficult to say, have something like rice cakes. You're just like, you can feel like it's yeah. a bit of a cotton mouth. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, like, I genuinely think like having chocolate milk and a sandwich is just such a good option to have during that mid kind of comp meal. And milk is very hydrating as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So it's a great we, all, we all know that chocolate milk is just nutritionally superior. And we don't tasty. need we, we don't need any science yeah. for yeah, that. Yeah. I think uh Mojo is gonna be on the water twenty twenty two. 
pine substances. And anabolic cow juice. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we also forgot to mention, sorry, in the weight cut um, creatine, yes. we will stop yes. people around two weeks out just because they can't hold water um, as well. So it's another great way to drop that water weight. Sorry, yeah. we forgot to mention yeah, that. Yeah, like some, I've seen people, um, I think Dern lost like two, two kilos, kilos yeah, when I she can, came off creatine. Yeah. Um, so it just, when you take, when you increase your creatine stores, you pull um, a bit of water into the muscle as well. That's why some people, my mom was like, creatine's going to make you gain weight. Creatine will, in the short term, increase your water weight. So yeah. it's, it's another way to, to drop it. And if you have cut creatine, put that in with your electrolytes and your water after you weigh in. Yeah. And a good general like gauge to how much you'll lose from it is just take a note when you do start taking it, how much of your body weight goes up. Generally, it's just water weight. So you'll drop that easily. And you strip that two weeks before. Yeah, generally two weeks before. Yeah, yeah it takes me two weeks to, yeah. to drop. I, I usually, if I cut it a week, I don't see the effect. Yeah. Take, yeah. can take a little bit longer, I'd say about two weeks. And it won't have performance like in the short term. Yeah, in the no. short term. So it's more of a kind of build up effect that the creatine will have. So on mm. the day, you won't see any loss of strength as a result of cutting your creatine. Yeah, I suppose you've made all the adaptations coming up to that. So exactly. Yeah. 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 One day. Okay. <laughs> unless your weight cut has gone to shit and you end up that's that would be the crazy <laughs> yeah, that would be your shite weight cut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or not just your shite weight cut your uh shite recomp yeah cannot yeah. highlight the importance enough of that like post weighing yeah. you know so many people are like i've done it i've made weight like we did it and then they forget completely yeah. forget the post and I, I do think like the post has just as much of an effect on your if performance not more, if yeah. not more than than the cut and that is that's the skill of learning weight cuts is you want to make weight like just that moment that you step on the scale and then you want to just weigh that for like a half an hour <laughs> you don't want to be no like, more no more yeah. like you don't want to you don't want to be at that weight for a long time um so eating drinking the recomp is just as important as the cost and I think that's where people go wrong people go wrong and I think that's where having a plan mm-hmm. um helps like we would personally for everyone would write out like what time is your way in and then literally write do this do this have this and they just have to follow it step by step no yeah. that makes sense yeah uh, I suppose even having a track of like their average training weight throughout prep probably as well yeah yeah absolutely so like that's why another thing is that we don't like people coming to us like a few days before their comp because we don't know what weight they've been training at we don't know their habitual you know dietary you know behaviors or anything like that so it is important that you do get that coach you know at minimum three weeks four weeks out from your competition yeah and i think as well that's the like importance of like if you pick like a coach and you do a weight cut with them like coming back to that that coach like consistently doing weight cuts with the same coach helps you like learn about them like we personally had people who come to us who we've actually t- told them to go to a coach they were previously with who's cut weight with them before especially if it's like if they had like a, a severe weight cut mm. because they you guy you will learn more each time about what you can do and they will learn as well like how much you drop like I've had someone come to me before two weeks out and they they drop like three kilos mm, mm. off like like the like loading water and changing their food um like so they were like well under before comp but you know it, it takes that so now we know the next time okay we don't you, you can actually sit heavier we can have you sit a little bit higher and drop you down from there we don't um, need to go severe the next we time don't need maybe, to go yeah. severe everything like that so i think that's the importance of working with the coach but building that uh, relationship yeah. over time as well yeah yeah, one hundred percent. So get, get a get a coach. I think most of these podcasts uh, kind of finish ending that. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. I actually have one more point that I would like to make. Um, you knock yourself out, yeah. <laughs> what you gonna say? Yeah. I agree here. Um, like, I, I feel like a lot of people who come into competition, um, especially if it's your first competition, and you're under your weight category please eat <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah if you've already made weight like the week of and you're like a kilo under your weight category like I've, I've met people who's their first time competing and they're like 
oh god like just have to be careful this week to make sure that like I do like make weight um and like looking at like water and salt and stuff like that if you're like if you walk around like personally for me coming into junior nationals I was weighing 62 kilos all the time I didn't change a thing the week competition Mm -hmm. I actually tried to eat a little bit more so that was fueled coming into competition so I think that's a, a mistake a lot of new people can make is thinking because they see other people doing weight cutting that they have to change their diet um mm-hmm. the week before comp eat what you always eat if you're if you're at weight and you're at comp weight I wouldn't change a thing yeah. if anything if you have the room have a little bit more you mm-hmm. know try to fuel yourself um for comp because that's a disadvantage that people who have to do weight cuts have is that they can't like eat as normal they can't eat as normal for some people we have to drop their their carbohydrate stores a little bit and obviously you know we even made an instagram post today about how important carbohydrates are for for powerlifting performance so if you don't have to worry about making weight don't worry about don't change anything yeah pretty much yeah like the the last competition i did was the first time i ever caught weight like and I, I didn't even really need to do it you know the kind of way yeah, yeah. And, and all the other competitions I was looking at other people having to do water, water cuts and cutting carbs for a week I was like I don't have to do any of that shit it's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it is stressful it's stressful on the body stressful. and the mind yeah you know so if you don't have to worry about it don't be worrying about it <laughs> yeah. yeah like I, I definitely like personally I wouldn't do one for the two hour weigh-in like, personally. yeah yeah um, yeah if but I, like as we said like you have to weigh up the pros and cons yes, yeah, you know yeah. if you can avoid it absolutely avoid it yeah you know yeah. so some something i kind of think about sometimes like how do people who have normal jobs do the water load like say like i yeah. do water load because i sit at my desk at home all day and i could just chug up chug at water all day yeah, but yeah, yeah. In an office environment and you're trying to drink 10 liters of water a day yeah to the bathroom every 20 minutes like yeah absolutely I just started a job actually well I'm there a few months but um I was telling them that I'm doing euros and I was like by the way I will be water loading so if you find that I'm going to the toilet all the time it's because of this yeah (laughs) so yeah it's so difficult and I suppose those are factors that you need to take into consideration as well yeah whether you have the your physical capacity but whether you actually have the mental capacity and time to take on a weight cut as well is is a big thing it's a huge it's a huge commitment yeah it, like that week of yeah um, and that's also like another thing that we would consider is are you traveling for your competition as well yeah, I suppose you we, know, did, that we does... didn't really touch on that yeah. but like travel can really impact from the point of view that some people can retain water after they fly but then also like you're in a foreign country and like where where do you get Luke's aid what do they call Luke's aid here like yeah where do you get the food? Um, you're familiar with like, you're yeah, like yeah. speaking from experience here when you say, what the car looks at? The shop beside the hotel. Is I need cold. orange sugar liquid fast. No. <laughs> they sold out of Powerade and White Monsters because there was a shop right beside the hotel for Worlds. And obviously everybody flipping wanted Power King, I think it was called, and White Monster. And they just... They sold out of it and we couldn't get any of it before. Oh, we yeah, it is. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Orange sugar liquid, please. <laughs> I remember another time I went to World and I was like, I'm going to be super prepared. And I brought around 10 cans of tuna. And I actually don't think I could eat, ever eat tuna again. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, uh, it's probably a huge consideration. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Manny will be travelling for me. Well, I suppose unless people are in Euros or Worlds, but that's yeah. only a very small percentage of powerlifters will ever have to deal with flights. <laughs> um, anything else? I don't know. I think we've covered yeah. most things. So yeah. So don't get too fat. <laughs> both your are too much above your or too small or too or, or too lean. Yeah. Yeah, don't be too lean trying to lose weight. Yeah. Don't take laxatives. Yeah. yeah. Um, do rehydrate slowly. Yeah. Do not change your food. Yeah. Um, That's assuming though you have good practices as well for your performance. Yeah, you might need to change your food yeah. if you're not eating the best. Yeah. But don't do anything new on yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, do add salt um frequently when rehydrating 
and that's pretty much the gist of what I've taken away. I think that pretty much covered everything. So with that, then, could you tell uh, our two listeners, Connor and Ian, um, where they where they can find you and uh, yeah, where, where they can find you if they want to learn more about some nutrition and that kind of stuff. So Anna, take it away. <laughs> if they're looking for nutrition coaching, go to the Abs Powerlifting website and click join us, go down to the nutrition um, handle. And then if you want to look myself and Jane up personally on Instagram, I'm at, at P-O-W underscore A-H. And Jane is? I am Jane, J-A-Y-N-E, Jane with a Y, dot Jones with two S's. <laughs> not complicated at all. Um, or you can it's also. Not even, it's not even funny. I don't know why you're laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can also find some uh, nutrition posts on the Abs Powerlifting um, Instagram page as well. Yeah, we promise we'll be more frequent. Yeah, check out our new post on carbs. <laughs> Ideal. Right. Um, I'll link all your stuff in the show notes anyway and on Instagram posts. Thanks for having us. All right. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share it on Instagram and leave a review on whatever kind of platform you listen to it on. Do we have any reviews? Uh, not yet. So if you uh, know what, we'll leave you a review. You could review us. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one.